Hi, I'm Danny Hernandez, a member of Christian Bible Fellowship. Welcome to today's episode of the Shepherd LA Podcast. Shepherd LA is a conference to inspire and connect like-minded church leaders for greater church health in Los Angeles. Learn more at shepherdla.org. As always, I'm joined by PJ Tobian, a pastor of Bethany Baptist Church in Bellflower here in Southeast Los Angeles. Okay, so today we are talking about internships within the local church, right? Yes, and we have a special guest with us this afternoon. Yeah. We uh, have pastoral assistant John Lee. Hello. You want to introduce yourself, give us a little bit about who you are, where you're at, what are you doing? Sure. So I've been a member of Bethany Baptist Church for the past three years. I'm a pastoral assistant, which means that I am not a pastor. I'm an assistant to the local pastor. Run around. I am the local pastor. Take care of different office tasks, help with preaching, um, teaching studies, things like that. Okay. Great. Well, we have listeners who want to know. I mean, we have a lot of friends and others who um, think about pastoral training. They want to be pastors. They're aspiring to be pastors. They have the desire to be a pastor. Paul says that's a godly thing or a noble thing in First Peter, First Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. And so um, pastors out there are saying, where do I get training? Okay, I could go to seminary. I could get a lot of I could get a lot of resources online, but where can I get mentorship and ministry experience? What we're trying to say is that the local church and internship in the local church is a great place to, to go. The problem is not a lot of churches have internships, and uh, there are different kinds of internships out there. And um, so we want to help them think about internship here. So, John, um, why were you looking for an internship? I was looking for an internship because I knew some of the limitations of my Bible college experience. So I'm learning theology at school. I know that while I'm learning a lot of things from the books, I'm not necessarily learning how to shepherd people. I'm a pastor's kid. Grown up in a pastor's home, visited homes my whole life, like deathbeds, hospitals, and knew that um, there are aspects to pastoral ministry that I wouldn't get in the classroom, um, as well as a diversity of perspectives and age groups as well. I'm surrounded by other young guys in their late teens or early 20s, and that's going to provide a very specific lens in terms of how I view life. and. And it's in the local church that I was going to be able to kind of be exposed to different aspects uh, of, of Christian life in the various stages of their walks. Um, and I knew that in order to get that type of experience, seeing how people think through shepherding, caring, taking emergency calls, um, as well as thinking through theology in the context of a local church, that I would really have to go to one and, well, and see a pastor I was doing it. But you grew up in a pastor's home. Wouldn't yes. you have gotten that growing up? I did kind of. I'm not sure if my my own dad's methods of pastoral ministry were the only ones. Um, I think there are different pastors that have different approaches to pastoral ministry, some that are better than others. And uh, in this specific case, I felt like I already knew my dad's approach. He's generally going to be more pragmatic. So what I was looking for was someone who... Um, had a robust theological worldview and actually had that informing their practice where their practice was was rooted in biblical texts and strategies that they were deriving from the Bible. Okay, and you 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 went to Cal Baptist University, you just graduated, yes. and the internship is required Answer. there for your bachelor of applied theology. Um, but so so one internship was required for you, but w- did you really were you really looking for a theologically informed 
internship? Like, did you know you were looking for that at that point? I knew I was looking for it. Um, because there were other interns doing other inter- other types of internships. Yeah, and we even visited different churches as part of our program for one of our courses our freshman year. So we would be exposed to different kind of churches and hopefully have some options to intern there. And so my test was I would generally ask the pastor, okay, if I intern with you, what are you going to do with me? Like, what's the end goal? What's your plan in terms of developing your interns? And generally, uh, the churches would have different approaches. Some of them were more helpful than others. Some of them would just kind of put you in youth ministry and let you practice, which is a fine thing, but wasn't what I was looking for. Um, Other pastors really seemed to be as perplexed by the question um, as I was asking it. Um, They just didn't know what to do with their interns in general. So they were kind of offering some blanket promises, but not really sure how it worked out in practice. How did you find Bethany? How did you find our church, Bethany Baptist Church? Yeah, so when I uh, entered Cal Baptist, I tried to find older guys that were in my program. Um, And my pitch to them was, hey, I'm young, I'm 18, I'm stupid, can you please help me? And they're like, yeah, sure. So they would take me out to coffee. We'd study together and hang out. And I really took these brothers' advice. So um, they were driving me to church. They were interning at that church at the time. And uh, they were actually the ones that recommended that I visit Bethany Baptist Church. So they had a friend who was interning with the pastor at Bethany Baptist Church, PJ Tobian. And um, they saw the way that he was growing under PJ's ministry. That is Jose Pastores, who is a pastor Actually, Danny's pastor yep. at Christian Bible Fellowship. Christian one Bible one Fellowship. of the three pastors there. Yeah. Yeah. So so they actually convinced their friend, Jose, to pick me up at Cal Baptist and drive me to Bellflower to meet PJ. Thank you, uh, Jose. Which is like 40 miles, so not an easy track or something like that. Yeah. So I wish I could take more credit for uh, finding this fantastic internship, but really it was God's grace on my life with having different brothers to intervene. So I have a question maybe for both of you. Uh, because I think when we think about the word internship, particularly from a secular perspective, sometimes internships are viewed as you give someone who is inexperienced, someone who's younger, a position in an organization or a business, and you give them kind of like a low-level tier role where you know it won't really impact the church. Um, and sometimes I think within the church, we can view internships in that way. We're going to use this intern as a way to maybe teach a class or two um, and that's probably it. Uh, but it seemed like the dynamic that you all had is you really, PJ, wanted um, John involved in a lot of the, really in the life of the church and a lot of access to what was going on here in the church, particularly things you face as a pastor. So I think how did you guys, you know, how did you guys get to that framework of thinking about an internship or how do you all think that sort of impacts how people view internships in general? Well, so I don't know if we're if we're too different from from that at first, and this is a good way to segue to my question to John. But in answering your question, right. um, our interns, um, well, with the BAT program, they had to intern for two years, so four semesters. But our internship program here at Bethany Baptist Church is a six month or five month semester system based on largely on Capitol Hill Baptist churches. So uh, for for John. Um, for our interns going through that program, mm-hmm. it is low-level impact in that regard. Like they're not, they're they are going to be exposed to all kinds of things. They're going to read a lot and write, but um, the church is not going to build ministries off of those pastoral interns mm-hmm. um, during that semester 
or even for John in the first two semesters in that regard. Yet, at the same time, to be an intern at our church, you have to be a member of the church. And in that sense, all members are expected to have an impact on in the church. Right, right. So in that sense, yes, like have an impact, share life with the church, and move the church forward. In a revitalization situation like our own, there's a lot of opportunity to move the church forward, and interns can do that as members of the church. But that's not their job as an intern, per se. Right, right, right. So in that sense, it's low-level impact as far as internship goes. So with that being said... John, my question for you is, how were you sold on an internship that was low-level impact and a lot of reading and writing and obligations? So it's I, actually more obligations than your, your, your colleagues. That, that's true. Yeah, so uh, I had a terrible first impression of PJ. <laughs> so, I was uh, there for that. We, we walked into the office. Danny was there. He was? Yeah, he was. So, yeah. so PJ was actually talking about the internship with Danny. But I walked into the room and PJ didn't acknowledge me walking into the room at all. He just kind of ignored me. Right? And he kept talking about different no, books. He was pulling sorry. books off the shelf. He's like, no, 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 this is too difficult for undergrad level and putting it back on. You're putting on. a stack of books together and um, asking me what I thought about. For books. John? Yeah, you're like, hey, we're starting this internship program. What books do you think I should have? Or like, here's the ones I'm thinking. Yeah. And you had a stack of books. So okay. and he so walked in with Jose. So then PJ kind of ignores me for 15 minutes, right? And then he looks at <laughs> I don't me. Know and it was goes, that long. I don't know. You can see a stranger in your office for 15 minutes. And he goes, Okay, what's your name? I'm like, John. And he's like, how long have you been a Christian, John? I was like, I don't know, like 2009. He's like, why do you think you're called to be pastoral ministry? I was like, ugh. <laughs> so I kind of gave him my spiel, and then he was like, okay. And he looks at Danny, he's like, I have to go teach a Bible study right now. Are you going to stay here, or do you want to go with me, or whatever? And then Jose and I think you left. And then Jose yeah. said, like, oh, I'll just stay here and study. And then So you guys left. stayed in my study? Yeah, and then PJ left. He, he didn't say anything after that. So I was... And you were sold at that I point. Was, <laughs> I was perplexed. I thought, like, this is whack. Why am I here? Uh, but he came back later, and then uh, he said, okay, you can ask me whatever you want. And just kind of left it up to me. So I asked him, okay, how'd you become a Christian? Told me. And I asked him, uh, what are you planning to do with interns? Like, what do you want to do with me? What's the end goal? And PJ said, the majority of LA pastors... Um, in Los Angeles County are either going to retire or die in the next 20 years. I want to raise up godly men to establish healthy churches in those areas. And that was the clearest answer anyone gave me, hands down. Hmm. Like, in terms of pushing me towards elder qualification like that. Um, I had heard different people give pragmatic answers in terms of the things that you'll do. Hmm. I've had other people give me kind of vague answers in terms of that mo was there but this is the first time that i heard someone give an answer particularly in terms of pastoral ministry with qualifications and actually making that the end goal right. so at that point i was really impressed by the clarity of the answer and then we walked into a wednesday night bible study and pj was just so gentle and gracious shepherding our members and then the intermeeting with Jose, he was so sharp in terms of critiquing and really kind of intellectually sparring with Jose and trying to get him to sharpen on his positions on why he thinks certain things based on the books that they were reading together. Right. And when I saw that, I was like, hey, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I'm looking for someone to help me think through these issues, think through how I would run a church in this specific way or this structure of the church and why I would do it that way. And have someone challenge me and be knowledgeable about those things. Right. From all your other friends who are also doing internships, what are some other internships that were out there that some of these listeners might be considering? Mm -hmm. 
as far as pastoral internship mm-hmm. and um, what are some of the strengths of the internship that you went through? Yeah, my internship wasn't flashy. I actually brought friends over to check the church out. And I was, I was uh, smitten. So I was telling people, it's great. You know, it's awesome. Church is going to go places. And, and it was a revitalization. So we had a lot of a lot of warts. So my friends would come in Sunday morning and be like, what is the big deal? Like, I don't get it. Why is this guy driving 90 miles round trip to come to this church that has so many problems? Um, so uh, a lot of my friends ended up doing youth ministry. So They're all looking for internships as well. Yeah, they're or, looking for internships. They're required to do it as well. Um, for a lot of them, at least I can empathize with this, that they've grown up in a particular type of ministry their whole life, generally children's ministry or youth ministry. They just go into college. They're feeling kind of anxious or not sure where their place is in terms of church life. And then someone comes and offers them to lead, help lead the ministry that they have been part of growing up for their entire life experience up until this point. And it's really hard to see why anyone would turn that down. So, so a lot of my friends ended up doing those types of things. So teaching Sunday schools for children or helping out with the youth ministries. So, so for someone who, who maybe has maybe that first impression where they're like, oh, this might not be somewhere where I envision myself in a few years or this is not where I envision myself pastoring down the line or how you said you, maybe your friends got, came here, saw you know, church life for maybe one gathering and they're like, ah, I don't know. Is there any advice that maybe you would give folks to look out for that might make a internship worthwhile? Maybe if in the beginning it doesn't seem that way, is there anything that you would advise them or you know encourage them to look out for? Yeah, I would encourage people to think 10 years down the line more than the next four years. So I'll, I think a lot of my peers, and this isn't to knock them at all, I think there's a fine desire, we're looking for opportunities to do things right away, right? So let me get my boots on the ground, hands dirty now. Um, right. And I think there was value to me not doing anything for that first year and actually just reading mm-hmm. and absorbing and trying to think through those issues. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the, the forming that happened in that first year helped inform a lot of my ministry in the years after. Um, and it was deeply helpful for me to think through what the church was and why structures matter and how those structures connect to the things that I was doing at the time. Um, so I would encourage guys in my position when they're looking at internships to really think about how those internships would help and sustain and inform your ministry for the next 10 years more than like the next four. Hmm. It's helpful. So what was the basic structure of the internship? I know it's been a while now, yep. but what, do you remember the basic structure? Well, I know because I helped create it. Uh, we, have, we would have three different books that we would read um, in any given week, and then when one book would co- finish, we would just replace it with another book. Um, I would read uh, about 20 to 30 pages from each book every week, and then I would write one and a half to two pages of a response, not in terms of... Uh, summarizing what the author said, but me actually interacting with the ideas. So, so and so said this. I disagree with that because of this, and so on and so forth. I'd send that to PJ in the beginning of a week. PJ would read it, kind of mark it up, and then uh, we would meet Wednesday night. And, and it was you and Chris that first semester, if you remember. 
First semester, it was me and Jose. It wasn't me and Chris. Second semester, it was me and Chris. Did you start in the fall or the spring? I started in the summer. Okay. I, I did a semester before... In, I did an internship semester before my official school internship semester started. Okay. Because for me, I didn't care about the units or the credit or... It was more about learning. Yeah. Okay, so there's the reading and writing. Is that all the internship is, just reading and writing? There's no requirement to be at Sunday school or oh, Sunday yes, review? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I had to go to every single membership <laughs> class. Um, <laughs> I had to go to Sunday mornings and Sunday evenings um, and then Wednesday night Bible studies. But to me, that was just part of being a good church right. member. I didn't feel the rub of that like as a requirement as sure. an intern. We, did, we do Sunday reviews as well. That is required. Yes. What's Sunday reviews? So Sunday reviews would be um, after our Sunday morning and evening gatherings. We would usually go over to your house or sometimes in the office. And we'll just recap the whole day and actually evaluate it. So Sunday school, how was Sunday school? We would critique Sunday school teachers. Um, morning gathering, down to the liturgy, prayers, songs that we sang, sermon. We would critique everything. Um, same with the evening gathering as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, what, what were you... What was helpful from all of that for you for, for preparing you for pastoral ministry for the next 10 years, as you said earlier? I think the biggest thing that sermon reviews and attending those different meetings did for me was seeing how the theology and, and the content from the books that I was reading on the Wednesday nights connected to the way the church was practicing um, its ministry day to day every week. So, Occasionally, there would be different uh, moments of friction that would happen as a result of revitalization and the type of movements that we were making as a church. So when so-and-so would uh, protest about whatever, PJ might call back to an intermeeting three weeks ago about a uh, material that we had read and explained how that thought is not new. That even though they think that they're being traditional, what they thought was traditional is actually tied to like the 50s. Whereas we're going all the way back to the 1600s. So seeing how um, congregationalism or church polity um, really is an important perspective to have when engaging the church was deeply helpful. Um, sermon reviews were hugely helpful in terms of just being intentional about every single thing. So when we have the announcements, why do we tell people where the bathrooms are every single week? And is that a valuable Pe- thing? People complain about that. And right? should we still do that? Right, um where are they going to go? <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, or why do we pick the songs that we pick? Are those melodies good to sing for our congregation? How is that pointing to Jesus and what we're doing? Like, there was a deep intentionality that just kind of got seeped into my DNA in a way that I can't take the, the lenses off. So with all this learning and thinking and reviewing, were you able to do anything? because a lot of people in internships are looking to actually do ministry, not just observe it. Were you able to actually, quote-unquote, do ministry during those intern years, those early, that first year, and then even after? I did lots of ministry. Um, I, I think one of the earliest things that I heard that I loved from, from PJ, at least from you, brother, it was um, I had come from a church that was very ministry-based. And that if you wanted to be plugged into the church, you plug yourself into a volunteer team. Whether that was a music team, greeting team, um, pray team, sore knees ministry is what we called it, oh, prayer wow. ministry, and so That's on and so name. forth. <laughs> and, uh, and when I came here, I would ask what kind of ministries that we could be part of, and PJ would just 
hold up the prayer list or the list of the members, and he would say something to the effect of, we have 57 ministries here for you. You know, um, and I love that idea. So I think to people outside looking in would think I'm not doing much ministry, but really I was, I was counseling married couples, even though I was a single 19 year old, Yeah, I was, um, crying with widows, uh, hanging out with different brothers in Christ, encouraging them in the faith. Um, calling I, brothers to repentance. Yeah. Calling brothers church to discipline. repentance. There was lots of different types of ministry that I was doing as a church member. I think really in terms of elder qualification, the type of guys that you want to be pastors are the guys that are really good church members. And, uh, I think actually not having an official capacity that was set for me, freed me up to be able to do those things. And, and speaking of Sunday reviews, you were able to preach Right. I mean, you learned how to, you, you're able to get your feet yeah. here. And we had some reviews. You want to go over some of the lessons you learned from <laughs> preaching and then us reviewing your sermons? <laughs> sure. By God's grace. Uh, so I had a preaching class at Cal Baptist um, that assigned certain texts to me. And PJ said, um, well, if you're going to preach it for class, you have to preach it for the church first. Because preaching is not just to young 20-somethings in Bible college. You're, you're preaching to congregations. So, obviously, I thought I was exempt from that rule. Uh, but I, I'm preaching Ruth 4, the last section, about the restoration of Naomi. Right. And it's a sweet passage of how God provides a redeemer for them. Danny, have you heard this story? No, I haven't. Okay. okay. But I just so, preach Ruth 4. So this okay. Is so, so this <laughs> is a sweet story, right? Yeah. yeah. So this is Sunday evening. I go out to preach. This is my first sermon ever. And I just blast the congregation. Like, you don't repent in your trials. You don't see God's goodness to you. I'm just going off behind the pulpit. I'm just, On these elderly members. Yeah, here. and I, I had this out-of-body moment where I kind of like exit myself as I'm in it. And I see Ken. And Ken was a sweet brother. His wife had dementia and cancer at the same time. And he was dealing with back pain um, because he got in an accident as he was coming home from the hospital with his wife. And he's sitting there. I had this out-of-body moment where I was thinking to myself, like, what are you doing, man? But I was already in it. I couldn't stop, you know. I'm in the swing of the moment. So I get off the pulpit. We're in sermon review. Everyone's super encouraging. They're all like, dude, that was a clear message. So encouraged by your brother. You're doing a great job. Keep growing. You, you certainly have a gift. And so I ask, um, hey, guys, do you think I was a little aggressive and they were like yes absolutely <laughs> so that was one i yeah. preached heresy my first sunday morning yeah he did preach heresy. Sure remember that. Yeah. so i was preaching psalm 139 behind the pulpit and i lost my place in my notes i was talking about god's omnipresence um so i said god's everywhere he's in the microphone he's in the carpet <laughs> he's in the pillars <laughs> yeah and i could see a couple people's faces like kind of squint you know <laughs> like, I don't think so. Um, so we, we had a good time laughing about stuff like that. But it was helpful. The sermon reviews, learning from those things. And also, um, PJ did a great job initially when I first came in with setting the stage for me. Mm-hmm. So, the, so actually, the very first day I came to visit PJ um, in the Wednesday evening Bible studies, PJ said, hey, if God leads John to join this church, then he's, and God calls him to pastoral ministry, then he's probably not going to stay. Yeah. Lord willing, we're going to raise him up, give him the best training that we can so he can go and establish a healthy church somewhere else. 
Um, so when I was a 19-year-old walking up to a pulpit preaching to people that were more than triple my age, they didn't bat an eye. They didn't yeah. think it was strange at all. So PJ, as he's talking about his experience, it, it seems clear that there has to be quite an investment on the church's part or particularly in your part to, to kind of give him this experience and, and help him and disciple him through a lot of this. Uh, what did that mean for you as a pastor of making that commitment to an internship? Um, why did you find the value in that? Uh, your ability to say, you know what, this is, this is worth the investment that I'm going to put into this younger that I don't know. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. Second uh, Timothy 2.2 says, What you have learned from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So um, God has blessed me and invested in me through a lot of different godly men and godly churches, Christian Fellowship Bible Church, um, the Master's University, the Master's Seminary, uh, Capitol Hill Baptist Church in Washington, D.C., Crossview Church in Los Angeles, and now here I am at Bethany Baptist Church. So God has taught me through a lot of faithful men and women, and so my job, like every Christian's job, is to take what they get and pass it on to others. As a pastor, that means I need to take what I've learned even as a pastor and pass that on to other men who are called to or potentially called to pastoral ministry. So that, that's the drive behind, that's one of the drives behind it is just right. obeying scripture and making disciples. The second thing is as a pastor, I have a special responsibility to teach not only just basic Christian discipleship issues, but pastoral issues to other pastors and future pastors. Right. So that's, a, that's another burden. The other burden is that if we don't continue to multiply and pass the baton on, then we will shrink and die. That's just generally what, the, what, what our MO is as Christians. We need to constantly be teaching. We need to constantly be training people up and giving people platforms and authority and opportunities because we're not going to be here forever. And so now when I go on a family vacation or something like that, there, there's John, there's other men in our church where I can literally leave the church on vacation and not worry mm -hmm. because they have because they have been given opportunities when I am there so that I know when I'm gone that they'll be, they'll be just fine, and they have been. So it's, it's, it's for my own sanity as a solo pastor. It's also for the church's um, encouragement and inspiration that they, they could see that wherever John and other future interns go, um, wherever they go for pastoral ministry, this church has had an investment in them, just like CFBC in West Covina and Capitol Hill in D.C., how they have invested in me Literally, wherever I go, their investment in me is constantly um, the grid through which I minister to others. Right. So anytime I do any good for anyone at Bethany Baptist Church, it's always the fruit of the ministries of these other churches. Right. And so for our church to be able to do that for John and others so that they're able to bear fruit wherever else, that's important. I think for pastors, sometimes we get stuck with, well, what's in it for our church? Right. And what's in it for the benefit of this church? And for me as a pastor, what relief does that intern give me? And um, not that there is no relief there or help, but that can't be the first question, because if it is, then it's going to be self-serving or self-centered, and you're not really going to, you might not serve them well or use them well or teach them well, because it's really for your own needs versus their needs first. Hmm. So John, if there's a brother who's listening to this um, interview, and they're never, they've never been trained formally or in any structured way, and they're looking to train for pastoral ministry What's your call to them? What's your main thing you want to let them know? Find a godly pastor whose ministry you'd like to emulate and spend as much time with them as possible. 
And also BethanyBaptist.Church is our church website. You can email PJ at PJ at BethanyBaptist.Church. Nice plug. <laughs> yes, and we, so we learn ours from Capitol Hill Baptist Church. Their internship program, obviously, is tremendous. Hinson Baptist Church, there's a lot of different ones around the country. I would say look at Capitol Hill Baptist Church's website and see the other guys who've been trained there and their yeah. internship programs, and you'll see a lot of different things there. Um, John, if someone is listening and they say, okay, I need to find a pastor who I... Um, would look up to or want to emulate and spend as much time with them. If they hear that and they have someone in mind, but they're like, ah, you know what? No, I'm just going to wing it. It's cool. I I got other resources. And if they fail to do that, what you're you're calling them to do, what would be some of the results of failing to do that as they continue to pursue pastoral ministry? They're probably going to have an unrealistic idea of what pastoral ministry looks like. So if the only examples of godly pastoral ministry that you know that you look up to or people that you watch online, they're probably not going to have a holistic view of pastoral ministry. right? Um, so that's one side of it that happens. Another side of it is that um, there can be a romanticizing uh, pastoral ministry that comes into play um, where you kind of view the grass as greener, as though like if you could just have these opportunities or if you could just have that platform or if you were the one in the position of this other individual that you can make these things better. And I think that um, being part of a good internship program that gives you a healthy view in terms of what happens behind the scenes helps kill that and cultivate humility in a way that I think is helpful. I was going to ask, conversely, you gave a little bit on the other side. So if someone does say, okay, I'm going to take John's advice, I'm going to do it, what would be some of the results of actually taking your advice and finding that pastor and spending time with them to get training? I think it helps give a good perspective of the person in the pew, especially for guys like me that are going to Bible college. Um, I'm kind of limiting my opportunity to just be a healthy church member. Like that season of my life is if, if God does call me a ministry compared to other brothers or sisters in Christ that have been in churches faithfully serving for decades, I'm actually limiting my experience. If I find a healthy church um, internship that lets me practice good church member practices and patterns, um, I'll have a good experience of what it's like to be in the pew. Um, I'm also going to have a more realistic view of what pastoral ministry looks like. And I'm actually going to have deeper roots and stand kind of on the shoulder of giants um, when I view my own pastoral ministry going forward. Um, and I hope, and I, I see this with you, PJ, in terms of like the resources of the pastors that you've learned from that you constantly draw on and even contact in the future. Um, I think that's invaluable. So I, I look forward to giving you lots of crisis calls in the future. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the things that's uh, important, I think, also to consider is, I think in the conversation that you all were having, you all mentioned how Chris jumped in um, and was actually, he did the internship for six months. Oh. I, I think that's that's extremely valuable and something that maybe I don't, I don't want to go missed here as someone who desires in the future to be a lay elder that idea that this is just not for seminary guys or guys who go to Bible college. So if you're a pastor and you feel like, well, I don't, I don't have connections to a seminary, but if there are men in your church who want to be leaders, you know, having something like this for them can be extremely powerful. And it sounds that, you know, you have sort of felt the, um, you've some of the benefits of that, not just through John, but other men in your, your church who aren't necessarily going the Bible college seminary route as John is. Can right. you speak to that a bit? Yeah, so um, Chris is one of the ones who went through. I mean, he's a tremendous brother and member 
carries a lot of weight in this church. Um, very edifying. Yeah, I, I think he asked me when he first joined the church, he said, hey, there's a bunch of needs here. Do you think I should do the internship? Or do you think I should just jump in and, and meet needs? And I told him, I said, I think you should do the internship a thousand percent because from there you'll, you won't be serving in a lot of ways because you'll be busy reading and writing and observing and discussing for six months. But after that, you should have a theological grid or a, a doctrine of church grid in your mind that will really help you understand how to serve this church and churches better. So, um, yeah, we've constantly benefited from, from his experience reading there. We have another brother who's going to start the internship this fall. Um, not not in a Bible college, not in seminary. Maybe desires to be in the future, but that's going to be helpful for us mm-hmm. um, as well. So yeah, it, it 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 could literally be for any any member who any male member because it is geared for pastoral ministry who is seriously considering um, just really helping the church grow. But but it takes a lot of time. So that's why those who are call, feeling called to pastoral ministry seem like it's more worth the investment because it is a big time investment. Right. Um, so yeah, I think it would be beneficial for them as well. Something that I think hasn't been touched on yet, but I'd love for you, brother, to elaborate on would be, I think you have opened your door to your life to me in a way that not a lot of pastors would be comfortable with. So I've, I've gone into your house pretty often. I'm like your sixth kid. Right. Uh, I critique your, your sermons pretty viciously at times. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, that's great and, and we rebuke each other we call it saving each other's life um, you confess sins to me yes um, why a lot of pastors will just kind of view their interns as people that they might meet with once a week or something like that but you've kind of opened up your life to me so can you walk through that kind of process so um, I think the reason why I've opened up my life to you is because it's not because of your being an intern or not an intern. It's being a member of the church. So male members of my church, um, I will open up my life to them, especially the ones I spend the most time with. So because you're an intern and then a pastoral assistant, because we spend more time together than, than I do with other men in the church, I would confess my sins to you. But literally, it's always the men I spend the most time with in the church who kind of just get that job. So there are, are a, a few other men in our church as well that I would confess into. So... Um, but just as a pastor, before, so two things. When I look at you as an intern, I don't look at you as an intern first. I look at you as a Christian and as a member of the church. When I think of myself, I don't think of myself as a pastor first. I think of myself as a Christian and a member of the church. What do members need to be doing? We need to be confessing our sins, repenting, and getting as much light into the dark crevices of our hearts and temptations to weaken the temptation and the sin. So for a married man, the people I would confess that to is my wife and to the other men of our church in terms of the, the real you know, dark stuff. And then other things to even men and women in like a small group or, or even in our Sunday night gatherings or things like that. But the point is um, we need to confess our sins to fellow members of the church, not for forgiveness as if it's some sort of penance, but for help for rebuke, for correction, for encouragement, for training in righteousness, for instruction, so that we can grow. And so I need it for my own soul first. And then secondly, um, it's one of the most effective ways of encouraging and strengthening other people to fight sin in their lives. Uh, That's from Luke 22, 31 to 34, where Jesus tells Peter, when you repent, when you turn, strengthen your brothers out of that position of repentance. Maybe you could speak briefly to how it might encourage you when other people confess sins to you. And then I wanted to talk about how internships fit into the vision of Shepherd LA in general. So I I think in general, 
the idea of someone in a position of authority or of power sharing their life in that degree of vulnerability, especially to me coming in as a 19-year-old, is utterly absurd. <laughs> Thanks. <So. laughs> no, honestly. Um, and, and so I think the effect that it had on me was kind of splash a bucket of ice water in my face in terms of what pastoral ministry looks like of what the expectations of elders are like. I mean, the, the second week I was here, you invited me to your birthday party. And you had everyone write down sins that they committed against you. That they committed against me? Yeah. Or, no, that or, or that you committed against them, right? Or uh, ways that I could grow. Yeah, or ways life. that you could grow. And then you proceeded to read the, <laughs> you, each you note did. out loud in front of everyone. You did that for your birthday? Yeah, it was great. That is, I mean, <laughs> that is like the greatest birthday gift, right? A friend doesn't And flatter. that's what he said. And I thought he was nuts. <laughs> Right? Like, like, why would you ever do that? All these people edifying you, pointing out sins in your life? Yeah, a little absurd, but go ahead. Yeah, a little absurd, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But, but for me, it, it helped uh, remove a fear of man that I think I had just been accustomed to adopting and a self-consciousness as though I had to put out a perception of holiness that I didn't actually have. So it encouraged me to model vulnerability and, and honesty when confessing sin, when fighting sin, um, now, so that these habits will hopefully serve me well in the future. Uh, whereas if I start developing patterns of trying to put up a persona or a duality in my life now, that will bear tons of terrible consequences in the future. So, um, and, and being able to see the warts and all in the pastoral ministry in the background really helps me, prepare me in terms of what's important. You know, um, if, if I don't know any better, I could think that, like, just being really passionate and enthusiastic behind the pulpit makes a good pastor. But seeing PJ um, go to the hospital and counsel dying members of our church or go to crisis counseling situations and seeing how frustrated and, and heavy and stressful things are for him and, and not getting that sugar-coated, you know, that, that type of thing helps illuminate so much for me um, and was invaluable. So as, as we're talking about all of this, uh, we this is a Shepherd LA podcast. So why is this all important to to this to Shepherd LA and, and what it is and what's it, what it's what it's about? So we want with 10 million people in Los Angeles County, we want to spread the gospel and disciple as many people as possible. And that's not possible for one church to do. That's going to require a lot of healthy churches, like John said earlier on, which I totally forgot about. You know, with the 10 years from now, or we want to um, populate this church, this region with healthy pastors and healthy churches, um, one of the things I'd love to see in Los Angeles is where we say, hey, where's a good internship program? And you got 20 or 30 or 50 churches with pastors who are thoughtfully training up men for pastoral ministry. I mean, we got several seminaries here in Southern California, the Master Seminary, Seminary Talbot Theological Seminary, Fuller that moved to Pasadena now, um, Gateway Seminary, uh, so we have several seminaries here in Southern California, and what seminaries can't do is be the church. Mm-hmm. And so we need churches to be the church and take men who are called to pastoral ministry, whether seminary student or not, and show them what the church is. Our weaknesses, our warts, our strengths, all of that is discipling others. So right. use all of it to disciple and, and point others to Christ that they might be faithful shepherds. And then in the next 20 years after that, the, the effect in Los Angeles and all the men that God sends out from Los Angeles all around the world, um, the, the impact for the gospel could be great. But it starts small with just each church being faithful and training up someone. 
All right. Well, thank you, brothers, for this conversation. Thank you to John Lee, special guest, for joining us. Thank you, John. Uh, we hope this is helpful to many of you, and thank you again for listening.